Hi, this is Brian Landau, and you're listening to The Drip, a podcast about how to caffeinate your campaigns. Today, I'm joined by Natalie Vagel. Natalie is the Senior Director of Communications at Giphy. In this episode, we talk about major partner management with a small team, pitching stories that aren't necessarily new, but that have updates, and how to maintain a newsroom culture remotely. In my day job, I help companies think about how audio content can not only help with communications and culture, but importantly, how it can amplify specific business priorities like employer brand or new product adoption. In just a few moments, you'll hear Natalie describe Giphy as a creative place with lots of funny people. When thinking about company podcasts, whether they're for internal use or external, a lot of companies default to having members of the C-suite on the mic. No doubt, there's utility in that. But what's often overlooked are the employees that have great personalities. The funny and creative colleague that's an individual contributor or a manager can speak about new products or cultural elements at the company in an authentic, unique, and clever way. You know the expression, have your cake and eat it too? Company podcasts are the ultimate example of this. With company podcasts, you benefit from the authenticity and portability of the content format, but you can marry that with editorial controls. It's recorded on demand. There are no gotcha moments. Of course, you can edit out the costs and the ums, but you can also edit out that line that the host wasn't supposed to say. Nothing gets published without approval. Bentley is an audio platform for business, and we believe that your audio content should live where you do business, whether you're publishing to Apple, Spotify, your company blog, or to Slack using Venly's Slack integration. Venly enables the seamless, secure, and private sharing of audio content, all in custom branded players and with enterprise-grade listener insights. Are you interested in how audio might play a role in how you elevate your team's creativity? Email me directly at brian at venly.co. That's brian, B-R-I-A-N, at venly, V-E-N-N-L-Y, dot C-O. And now, the awesome Natalie Vagel. Hi, Natalie. Hello. Natalie Vagel is the Senior Director of Communications at Giphy, where she oversees the company's overall press and external-facing communication strategies. Prior to Giphy, Natalie managed global communications at the ad tech company TapAd, and it has years of agency experience supporting a wide variety of clients, such as Hewlett Packard Enterprise, Pepsi, MasterCard, RunKeeper, and many other companies across the tech sector. She's an avid hiker, having completed treks in Bhutan, Nepal, and Tanzania, and any text conversation with her is guaranteed to be at least... 50% gifts. Natalie is originally from Chicago and holds a BA in sociology from Wheaton College. Natalie, thanks again for being with me. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. So usually the first question that I ask someone is like, what is your company? But I think most people that are listening <laughs> are likely familiar with Giphy. Hard to have a text message exchange with anyone these days without having that in it. The direct-to-consumer aspect of the business is sort of clear for that reason. But mm -hmm. a lot of your work at Giphy also includes B2B. Can you share a little bit more about that aspect of the business and how the B2B and the D2C elements work together? Yeah, of course. So as you said, a lot of people are familiar with the consumer-facing part of Giphy, right? We are integrated in most social messaging platforms, Twitter, Snapchat, Instagram, you name it, um, you find Giphy, you find gifts, right? Uh, yeah, but what most people aren't aware of is that is that B2B element, which is 
the fact that we have all that content, it really comes from great partnerships we have with major content providers. You think HBO, Game of Thrones gifts, Netflix, Squid Game gifts, um, which are all the rage right now, you know, the NFL for highlights. So in order to have all that official content, it does require that B2B aspect of having those partnerships. In a similar vein, you know, in order to get Giphy into those major uh, integration partners, uh, we have to have a relationship with them. So again, you think Slack, where I probably use gifts the most just given on a work day. Yeah, again, Twitter, Snapchat, it's all about those B2B relationships and, and working with them to help distribute our content library. And so it's kind of an interesting, you know, dynamic with the D2C and B2B because on one hand, we're always thinking about, all right, how are people going to use GIFs? Um, what do they like about GIFs? And not just GIFs, but other products we have like stickers and our new video product clips. And then on the flip side, but how do we keep that content coming, right? So how do we keep appeasing users with the right kind of content they want to share in a timely manner? And how do we get that official content from these partners and then also distribute it widely to everywhere people are talking. So that's where you have the integration side of things. So it's interesting, almost trifecta, especially as far as communications go of making sure Giphy in that realm of like how we're perceived in the public is appealing to users, is appealing to content partners who are gonna wanna upload their content and share it with users. And then integration partners as well, like how are, are they gonna want to interact with Giphy and distribute the content. So you kind of have these three different channels we're always having to think about um, really with, with everything we do and build. A relatively new product at Giphy is Clips. These are shareable GIFs that are no more than 15 seconds, but they have sound. The product launched in 2019, but obviously a lot in the world has changed since then. And it's now being reprioritized by the company. How do you tell this story to the media? Because it isn't a new product. People know about it but its importance is being, let's say, re-heightened as of right now. Yeah, so it's a it's an interesting case and it's definitely not the first time I've seen this at, at a tech company, right? It's actually quite common. You launch something almost like beta, seeing how it goes, for whatever reason, you have to reprioritize it, um, come back to it later. It just it happens, especially when you're a smaller company and you're pretty nimble and you can't do that. It actually kind of works to your advantage. So exactly, so where we're at now is we launched Clips actually is Giphy Video in 2019. We had some great partners launch with us, um, and then due to a couple of reasons, you know, we we had to reprioritize it. Um, but now in 2021, we're back at it. We're really focusing on the video product because we think it can be really interesting for users and also for partners to be able to get cool little sound bites out you know, to users. You think about probably one of my favorite ones is Michael Scott from The Office saying no, like really dramatically. <laughs> I mean, people can often visualize it once I say that. So, you know, there's a lot of cool use cases for it. And so as far as how we're communicating that, especially to the media is I, I mostly take the approach of not always thinking about, okay, what does just Giphy want to say? Like what what's on Giphy's mind, but more so, you know, what's actually going to be interesting to people? What do they need to know about this? to keep it interesting and, and to want them to hear about it again, you know, about a year and a half later. So the approach we've taken is really focusing on, you know, and it might sound kind of obvious, but be surprised how many companies just want to keep beating their own drum instead of thinking about what's actually pressworthy, right? Uh, so we've taken the approach of really focusing on what's actually like new, new to Clips. Aside from us renaming it, aside from us reviving it, what's actually new that people can enjoy using and 
you know, get something out of with clips. So we focus more so on kind of keeping ourselves accountable and not just trying to announce things for the sake of announcing things, but really be thoughtful about it. And so that that's led to announcements specifically, you know, now clips are in our iMessage extension and Android keyboard, a big deal because now it's even more widely distributed. Actually coming up in December, we'll be announcing what were the top clips of the year on Giphy. And so kind of an interesting trend story for that. And so I would say, yeah, the strategy has been more focused on, you know, what's actually intriguing, what's going to give people more benefit rather than, you know, just broadcasting for the sake of broadcasting. I think it's fair to say that Giphy is larger in perception and awareness than in headcount. You don't have a big team, but you have partnerships with Slack and TikTok, HBO, the NFL. You mentioned these just a few moments ago. How do you think about partner management, but specifically what goes into it when you don't have tons of headcount to throw at supporting a large partner? I know you have a partnership team, but how do you partner with them? And how do you tell that story when you don't have a team of 40 people and you have these huge partners? Yeah, so it's true. I think when people find out how big Giphy is, they're always surprised. Well, first they're surprised as a company for gifts, uh, and then they're surprised at how lean we are, and then even more surprised when they find out that you know the communications marketing team that I sit on is only two people. I run comms, we have someone run marketing um, and brand, and so it, it is always a fun like kind of road to go now. Whenever I start, first I'm talking about Giphy and headcount. Yeah, partnerships, like you said, we have a separate team for that. Um, also, pretty nimble lean team. Same with um, a BD team that manages integration partners. Also, I think people would find surprisingly lean for the like scale of partners that they work with. When I think about how I partner with them specifically, we do get quite a bit of requests um, and they come from these big companies that have either huge agencies supporting them for communications or a huge global team, right? That, you know, is very focused only on integration comms. And then on the flip side, you have me. And you also have our social lead and we work very closely together. So really a team of two when it comes to announcing anything. The biggest thing that we've taken away from managing and being a good partner to them is is really prioritization. And that might, again, sound obvious, but it does come down to, you know, looking at our own roadmaps, looking at what we can support and being able to push other things out of the way. And like, you know, again, it might sound something like, well, yeah, doesn't everybody do this? But when you're a team of essentially to promoting this stuff, you, we keep in constant communication about that. It's like, okay, we look at the, the week and what's on the calendar. Is there something we can push? Is there something we can't? And we just have to be honest with these partners. And I think honesty is all, and transparency is a big part of what keeps them coming because they know that they can trust Giphy to not only support them, but also kind of have a, a transparent relationship with them. That makes sense. I also think it's really important too to remember and something we try to do is that when you are a lean team supporting very big partners or supporting multiple business units is to also keep your own strategic goals in mind. And, you know, you're going to be pulled a lot of directions. It's like, oh, this company wants to do this. This partner wants to do this, like trying to appease everybody, being able to kind of be honest with yourself of, okay, well, what am I trying to achieve for Giphy specifically? And what's the story I'm trying to tell? And then map those asks to that will help prioritize and also just keep you honest and make sure that you're not just, you know, saying yes to everything, but rather being very, again, strategic with how you prioritize everything and, and le- almost like laddering up to something bigger, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So as we've established, you, you work for Giphy, you represent Giphy, but Giphy is in the middle of an acquisition process by Facebook. Mm-hmm. There's only so much you can talk about with respect to that. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But 
Are you wearing multiple hats when you're pitching a story? How does this practically play out as you're in this transitional period through an acquisition process? You're still representing Giphy, but in the future, like you might be wearing uh, a different hat. Yeah. So, you know, I, I can't get into a ton of specifics on, you know, how we're managing the exact acquisition at this time, but I can talk a little bit about, you know, the fact that at Giphy, I'm always kind of wearing those hats. Um, you know, even before the acquisition went through, we were also thinking about, okay, we want to do PR for Giphy, but we also need to raise a round of funding, right? Or we want to appeal to potential companies who could buy us. And so you're always kind of thinking, you know, almost like in two parallel paths of like trying to further whatever our product vision is and also trying to achieve whatever that goal is in terms of, is it raising that round? Is it appealing to a potential company who could acquire us? Or is it now, yeah, we're in this kind of weird gray area, but like, how do we, how do we manage that? And again, I think it kind of comes down to what I mentioned earlier about prioritization and just knowing, kind of keeping those two parallel paths in mind, making sure they play nice, well, for lack of a better word, with one another. And, and really also just understanding, I think what keeps me kind of grounded in all that too is, and I mentioned this earlier, is thinking about, okay, but what does our user base need to know? And what are they, what are they thinking about? What are they feeling? How can Giphy really appeal to them and not always just thinking about our own purposes? Um, I actually think COVID was a good place for that too, because even in that similar situation you had, okay, we have these very specific you know, goals we want to achieve as a company and the message we want to put out there, but the world's in a really tough place. COVID was really hard. And so how do we balance the two? And for us, it was really, again, kind of shifting to, okay, well, what are people feeling and thinking and how can Giphy be a part of that conversation and not just try to, you know, shove our messaging at everyone all the time. So, and one way we did that with COVID was we actually looked into a lot of our data. We found trends about, okay, how, how are people sharing gifts? What are they searching for? What does that tell us? Like almost like the state of, of what people are thinking. Cause Giphy is a very expressive outlet. You look at something like gifts and clips, people are looking at emotions. Like I'm angry or I'm sad or I'm happy as opposed to like, you know, what you think of general search terms on like Google. So we took that and we messaged that out and we're like, Hey, here's what you guys are thinking and sharing and actually got very positive reception. So I think in any, in any circumstance like this, when you're, whether it's an acquisition, whether it's something happening in the world, you can't necessarily control and you have to parallel path it. I think it really helps again, to, to focus on your end user and what actually is going to make a difference for them. And it's going to help you prioritize, okay, how does how does that narrative play nice with my company's narrative? And, and again, just help you kind of stay centered with what you actually need to communicate. I'm going to get you out on this question. <laughs> Office culture is a big part of Giphy's identity. And you share that Giphy operates something of a newsroom, right? For example, there's yeah. a live event and there are teams that will make editorial decisions in real time about that. And it ends up magically in my phone so I can text my friends about it. How do you think about in-person collaboration in a virtual setting? What are the content formats or channel strategies that have continued to foster the culture that was synonymous with the company? And because like another all hands on Zoom doesn't necessarily bring people together in the way that it sounds like you were able to execute in real time when people mm -hmm. were together in the same room. Yeah. So actually two um, channels that we found very helpful, Slack, which I know can kind of be a double-edged sword in terms of, you know, it's always available, but we found it very helpful in terms of in communication with each other. People have set up like funny channels of like, hey, share the meals you're eating at home, you know? So like ways to kind of talk about 
things that aren't just work, much like you would do in an office setting when you run into someone in the kitchen, um, but to do it virtually. And then not to toot our own, our own products have actually really helped too, because with, with Giphy and I'll go back to that new product, the clips, the video product, we've been testing a lot of stuff out with it. You know, Giphy employers are the first people to really try it out, see how it's working, look at different, if there's like a bug, but there's a lot of fun in that because then it's like, okay, now we're making our own clips, we're sharing them. We have a lot of really creative, funny people at the company. And so it's another cool way to kind of foster that, which sometimes you don't always get in an in-person setting because, you know, you can show someone on your screen, which is also great. But now it's like, you can actually communicate and talk about these things that are happening. I, I think a lot of it too has been, uh, and I, I give credit to our people team who've put a lot of work into this, but they send out regular quarterly surveys just to gauge where people are at. So are you feeling Zoom fatigue? Are you feeling that you have a work-life balance? And if not, why? And so uh, do you want more events on Zoom? Do you want less? And so they're constantly gauging where people are at because understandably, I mean, even month to month, it can change with, with how mentally people are feeling. And so, you know, yeah, like you said, the, the answer isn't always, all right, we'll do another Zoom all hands. We're going to get everybody together on a video because sometimes people are just sick of being on video and that's okay. And so I think that constant kind of like feedback loop of seeing where people are at and adjusting to it. So sometimes they will do a trivia on Zoom because that's the consensus seems to be people want that. And sometimes they won't. And it'll be like, all right, everyone, you know, you just get space to do what you need to do. We'll try to remove some of the like standing meetings that have you always been on the calendar and, and adjusting to that. And so I think that's been a huge part of it. And then again, our, our own products almost keep us sane in a way because they're fun and, you know, they're, they're meant for communication anyways. And our, our tagline is be animated. They're meant to animate conversation and make things more fun. And so I think we also have the benefit of being able to work on those every day. I'm joined today by Natalie Vagel. Thank you so much for your time and your wisdom today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. Hope I was helpful.